Wednesday, March 16th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill coming to you from Austin, Texas at the South by Southwest Interactive Trade Show. Joining me on the stage, Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Industry Focus, heading up the tech coverage for Fool.com. Thanks for being here, man. This is the first time I've ever been on Market Foolery. I'm kind of honored. I, you know what? I, that's that's how we roll at Market Foolery. It's like, very if we're gonna have club. If we're going to have the tech editor from Fool.com, let's fly him to Austin, Texas, and pull him away from breakout sessions and keynote speeches and really make it worth his time. It was tough to carve out the time, but I'm glad <laughs> I can make it work. <laughs> I, I, I mean, all kidding aside, I know you've been going. You, you were one of the first people on the ground here for the Fool. Um, you've been here longer than I have. Uh, um, I want to get to some of the things that you've attended, but as you see it to this point, what what stands out to you? It can be an individual company, it can be a theme, anything. What what so far? What stands out to you for South by Southwest? Well, yeah. So I got in Thursday night, and the reason that I wanted to get in early, I know a couple of people kind of trickled in Friday and Saturday because uh, they wanted to stay later for the VR stuff. I wanted to get here so that I could see Google's self-driving car session. Um, so Chris Ermson, who is the director of that project at Google, uh, did a nice little session uh, Friday afternoon and ran through. I mean, he obviously had to touch upon uh, that mid-February accident in Mountain View. Uh, yeah, what about that? Let me pause you for a second there. Was, <laughs> did, he, did he give any uh, color? Was that addressed? He, he, gave, he gave like a full five-minute breakdown. On, uh, let me guess. Uh, it was a five-minute breakdown of why Google's self-driving car was not at fault for the bus accident. It was very similar to how they carefully crafted their response via PR when it originally happened. Um, you know, I, I think they did use some phrasing. It was like, this is something that you have to negotiate regularly as a driver. These things happen. <laughs> Which, yeah, they're right. But was the subtitle of this presentation, we're not perfect? Because yeah. that's what it sounds like. Well, okay, so one was at 1.4 million miles on the road, I think, at this point, and one accident that they're at fault for. I like those odds. That's, so, a pretty, that's a pretty good track record. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've been in other collisions before, but they've been because drivers were being human and doing stupid things. Uh, this was the first time that they were at fault. And just some background for maybe some people that weren't familiar with what happened. Um, car was on a road in Mountain View, and it was in the right lane trying to make a right turn. And what had happened was, uh, I think there were some sandbags out in the drain pipes you know, to prevent debris from getting in there. And so that had... Um, you know, created an obstruction in the road. There was a bus coming up on its left. One of those situations where the car thought the bus was going to stop, based on simulations that had been run thousands and thousands of times in Google's labs. Bus thought the car wasn't going to pull out. <laughs> car wound up pulling out at two miles an hour. Bus was coming in, I think, at like 10 or something like that. And the bus nobody harmed. Nobody harmed. All right. uh, but the bus just basically dragged the car and wound up yanking off some of its hardware. So. All right, let's move off of the accident. <laughs> what, what else stood out to you from the self-driving car presentation? I think it was refreshing uh, to get some more details. You know, I think this is something that they've been a little candid about. Uh, they haven't given us a ton of color in the past. And he teased when he started. You know, a lot of people want to know the timeline with the self-driving car and any new technology. Like, when am I going to get it in my hands? And so when he started, he teased and he said, you know, you read the headlines and some people say it's three years, some people say it's 30 years. I think it's a bit of both. And you're like, oh, come on, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, it's encouraging for him to think that that timeline's is close, but he added some, some clarity here where he said, um, a lot of it has to do with some of the major technical challenges on the roads. And so he believes that there's going to be an incremental rollout for this type of technology. 
And I think a really good way to illustrate that is you look at the three main test cities that Google has for its self-driving car project. Here in Austin, that's one of them, uh, Mountain View, California, and Kirkland, Washington. So two out of those three test cities, Austin and Mountain View, ideal, engineer's dream for an autonomous car, right? It's beautiful, barely ever rains, doesn't snow. I was going to say, complete lack of snow. Yes. Or, or near complete lack of snow. Kirkland, Washington, not so much. Right. And so snow just throws a whole wrench into the technology. Uh, they, used, they showed us some screen crabs from um, the digital mapping system that the car uses to navigate the roads and kind of make sense of our world. And uh, snow interferes with that. It adds a layer on top of you know, the visual sensory things that the car is picking up on. And so it's just this wrinkle that they need to work through. It seems to me uh, that we could be seeing some regional rollouts of this technology. So environments that are more conducive to the systems might see it earlier, and that's where you'd get maybe closer to the single digits in years on the end of the spectrum. Uh, there's still a lot to figure out, though, for the all-climate type solution. When Simon Erickson and Matt Argusinger were here the other day, one of the things we talked about was the presence of robots. Uh, right when you walk in the, the trade show, there's your, you can't help but see the 10-foot robot that's talking and moving, and uh, thankfully there aren't a lot of small children around because I think some of them would be running and screaming. Uh, you went to a breakout session where a press conference happened with a robot? Yes, uh, this was an extreme robotics and artificial intelligence session. And, you know, it was, for the most part, way over my head in terms of uh, the technical nature of it and just the, some of the systems they were talking about. But at the end of it, there was this robot. Um, the working name for the robot is uh, Sophia. And actually, I think my, maybe like my most active and shared tweet ever was <laughs> I took a picture and it's these reporters and all these fans and everything like that clamoring around this you know little dais where they've set up and you can't even see who's sitting there and it's like all these people all this press wants to talk to dot 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 a robot <laughs> like her name is Sophia and so uh, you know they ran through like they talked about the tech side they gave some background on the development of the project but the last ten minutes or so was the robot fielding questions. People were asking about Ex Machina in the movie, uh, you know, what, they, what the robot thought about humans. Um, it was terrifying. <laughs> Hopefully the robot was uh, positively predisposed towards humans. Yes. The robot wants to learn about us. You know what? That's what the robot says. <laughs> the robot wants to learn our ways. Yeah. <laughs> and then slowly manipulate us. You and I were talking about something earlier about how there are all these breakout sessions, all these speakers, and... I think one thing that we have in common probably with, I would say most people attending South by Southwest is we go into these sessions with a certain level of enthusiasm. We are favorably predisposed or we are excited about whatever it is. It can be robots, it can be the future of media. We, we go in, yes we are skeptical on some level, yes we may have questions, but we go in and we're hoping that whoever's going to be on stage is going to get us excited uh, and get us thinking in ways maybe that we hadn't even encountered before. And the sad truth is that you and I have both been, we have walked out of rooms where we thought, oh my gosh, that was disappointing. And one of them was Ford Motor. 
Yeah. Um, Can you share a little bit? Of, I wasn't in that session. Yes. You were, and I remember uh, talking with you, and I think Eric Bleeker was in that as well, mm -hmm. and you guys were just like, that was terrible. Yeah, the session was uh, unmanned systems and 3D printing. And so uh, it was a moderator, and then the panel was uh, Ping Fu from 3D Systems, uh, Gert Kimchi from um, Amazon Prime Air. And I'm blanking on his first name, but Pelletier is his last name. He handles, I think, user experience for Ford. And uh, Executive from Ford Motor. Yeah, I, I don't, he's not C-suite, but I mean, he, yeah. he's important enough to he's represent them. He's important enough that Ford Motor said, you, you're our guy, we're going to send you to South by Southwest to impress the masses. Yeah, and I mean, he's sitting next to two very important people, right? So obviously he has a certain level of standing. Um, it's just a lot of very dry, very um, carefully crafted answers. I, you know, there was not a lot of color added. Uh, I actually went up to him afterwards because having come from the Google self-driving car thing earlier in the time I was here, one of the things that they alluded to was, you know, we don't want to manufacture cars. We want to partner with the incumbents in the auto industry. And so I asked them, I was like, you know, you, you touched on this briefly. You said you don't see uh, Silicon Valley as competitors. You see them as partnership opportunities. Can you add any color on that? This is something that I heard from Google as well. And I'm trying to connect some dots. And he's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, he, so the, the story... And it, it was a reported story in advance of the Consumer Electronics Show two months ago. It was pretty widely reported. And one of the things we're expecting at CES this week is Google and Ford Motor are going to announce a partnership. And that never happened. And I'm no. assuming that neither Google nor Ford Motor said anything about that. No, we got no color on that. We got to find a mole. We got to find someone who was in the room when that deal went south because I, I bet a lot of money there was a deal, and it just it just died at the eleventh hour. Yeah. Um, for the rest of the time that you're here, what are you looking forward to? What what are the other sessions or topics that you haven't really gotten to explore yet that you're thinking uh, I want to learn a little bit more about this? Yeah. So I'm obviously psyched to see Kevin Plank talk. Um, that's later. I guess that'll be Monday, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. We're taping this on a Monday. This is, I said at the top, this is Wednesday. We're really uh, taping this on I'm Monday. I'm sorry, I guess. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to happen. We pull, we pull back the curtain on Market Foolery from time to time. You can so tell it's my debut. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so I'm excited to see Kevin Plank talk. Uh, obviously, Under Armour, big fool pick. I'm a shareholder. Just can't wait yes. to see what he says. Um, I'm very excited for the member event that we're doing. Yeah, we've got a little member get-together later tonight. And by the time this airs, um, we'll, we'll know whether members actually showed up, um, <laughs> it could, it, whether they showed up just to tell us to our face how much they hate us. I don't know. We'll see. It could just be us drinking in a bar. It, and it could just be the, you know, the, the, the few fools who came from Alexandria, Virginia, just um, having a Bobby Brady party. It's like, wow, we invited some fools and, and nobody showed up. Uh, there will be at least seven of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if you've had this sense as you walk around. I know you haven't explored the trade show area as much as I have. But I, I'm, I'm struck by the combination uh, of um, interest and excitement at new ideas and new products. And for me anyway, I'll just speak for myself, uh, um, uh, a pretty healthy dose of skepticism of, of some of the companies and products that are on display here because I just sort of look at them and think, I've seen what you're doing before and companies much bigger with much deeper pockets than you are already doing this. And, and I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to tamp down the entrepreneurial spirit, 
but there are just a couple of times that I've walked around the trade show that I've, I've, I've sort of wanted to say, you know someone else is, you, you know Facebook is doing this right now. You know that Google is doing this right now. Like, are you struck by that at all? I definitely see that. There, so that's one side of the, uh, maybe hold back a little bit on the entrepreneurial spirit. One of the things that I was fascinated with, and this is kind of the other side of the coin, um, is innovation kind of for the sake of innovation without the clear monetization path. And one of probably the coolest things that I've done while I'm here, uh, this is more of a hands-on thing, um, is a company called Crush put together this immersive VR experience. And what they basically did was took an Oculus headset and then put you in what is a fully rigged up, fully interactive, and fully responsive like fighter jet pod. And so, I mean, you are flying upside down, you are moving all around, and what you are physically experiencing, your body, is responsive to what you're seeing in virtual reality. So unlike when you're just walking around with an Oculus VR on, and you know, the world might be moving around and your feet are steady, it's a fully integrated experience. You're strapped into a pod. Yes, and I, I have video of it, and we'll make it available somehow uh, on one of the you know, fool.com or something like that, uh, so you can get a better idea of it because it's admittedly very hard to describe. But this tweet is, it out, and we'll we'll tweet it on the Market Foolery feed as well. Perfect. Um, and so, incredible technology. Crush is an app company, and so I was talking to their CFO, and I said, you know, what's the plan with this? I mean, this this was a lot of money to throw into something that, you know, you, VR is like not exactly what you're doing, especially on the hardware side. And he's like, well, you know, we're not really sure. Um, we could license out the middleware. We could try to sell the hardware. It's more of just kind of a proof of concept and something that we can show off at a trade show. And it's very cool. It's very attention grabbing. But I wonder uh, for a lot of these startups what the value of those kinds of things are. This is something that was actually at CES as well. Um, so I think it's the second major time that they've showed off this product, and it's amazing. I just wonder, um, innovation for innovation's sake is very cool for us walking around, but the, you know, the companies have to pay the piper at some point. I think in a way, this is how the interactive part of South by Southwest mirrors the film part of South by Southwest. And this is the 30th year of South by Southwest. It started as a music festival, and then over the years added film and added interactive. But if you think about just the film festival here at South by Southwest, you have filmmakers who have put a, a lot of time and effort, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into making a film. And they are showing it here. And some, most, all of them, you know, take your pick, are hoping that a studio, a big studio, is going to come in and say, I love this film, I'm going to give you a check with a bunch of zeros on it, and I, we're going to distribute your film. And I think that you know, what you just described is sort of the, the VR, you know, the virtual reality app equivalent of that, where we've built this thing, we think it's great, we're hoping the tech equivalent of Sony Pictures is going to come in and buy this. Yeah, so I think that's one way to think about it. The other way to think about it is you can show off what you're capable of, and you know, especially if you're on the platform side or the app side, um, that then kind of gives you the credibility to take on some very cool projects. And so if you're looking to put together things for other companies, maybe that's what Crush is looking to do, um, it's more of a proof of concept and kind of a thing to put on your resume. It's like, we can do this, let us take care of some awesome stuff that you want to do. All right, last question, then I'll let you go. 
the best thing you've eaten while you've been in Austin? Best thing I've eaten. So uh, we had some pretty good food uh, last night. Simon Erickson's favorite place, uh, Trudy's, Trudy's uh, which is up in North Austin. Yes, there are there are several Trudy's, and we, we I, I think we went to the one that was the furthest away. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, I will say that was good. I had these great, I think it was like black and shrimp fajitas. They were fantastic. But um, when Obama was here, he mentioned that he went to Torchy's, which is in South Austin, um, which is actually close to where I'm staying. I'm on South Congress, uh, south of the Colorado River, which we learned was the Colorado River last night. Yes. After, after a heated debate. Yes. <laughs> so have you made it to Torchy's or so, is the line out the door? So this morning I was like, you know what? I'm getting up early. I'm going to go. It's probably going to be packed because Obama said in his address that that's where he went. And uh, there's nobody there. Wow. And I don't know if it's just because it's kind of out of the way. It's not immediately in the convention area. But uh, I got a, I got the, the Democrat, which is a, a uh, no, no political affiliations. not trying to make any statements here. But uh, it was like pulled barbacoa with lime and onion and this fantastic salsa. And, you know, I was saying to Dan Boyd before, some uh, breakfast burritos, breakfast tacos are very egg heavy. This was all meat. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds like an amazing breakfast. It was, I think, like half a pound of meat in a taco and, and then some fixins. So I had that and a coffee on my walk to the convention center, and it was I think it made my trip in terms of food. Fantastic. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Fool. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Your color says the land.